As I was thinking this week about being thankful and grateful, something came to my mind, and that is this. Gratitude is something that we grow in through our life. How many of you found that to be true? You grow in gratitude. I literally want to call this message Growing in Gratitude. It's not an original title with me. Uh, Charles Spurgeon preached a great message by this title many, many years ago. But I just, I love the idea and I just, I had to steal the title, Growing in Gratitude. And it says what I want to say. Because I think all of us need to be reminded that Thanksgiving is more than too much food and it's more than too much football. Amen? And it's more than Black Friday and insane shopping where we go out and we buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't know, right? Thanksgiving is more than that. It's more than even just a day of the year. Thanksgiving is a lifestyle, certainly for the believer. Can I get an amen to that this morning? Gratitude is a position of the heart, and it's a trademark of the followers of Jesus Christ. So let me give you my three main points, and this might be a morning you might want to take some notes, whether you do it on your device or get out a pencil and piece of paper. I've got some things I really want to share with you about Thanksgiving and growing in Thanksgiving. Here's my three main points this morning. Number one, the revelation of gratitude. The second will be the rarity, return, and response of gratitude. I know that's three points, but I'm squeezing them into one, okay? And then finally, the renewing and release of gratitude. First of all, the revelation of gratitude, the rarity, return, and response of gratitude, and the renewing and release of gratitude. Growing in gratitude begins with the revelation of how important it is to be thankful. So turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I want us to look at the words of Moses, and I think this is about the most fitting passage that we could look at this morning because it begins with, when you have eaten and are satisfied. How many of you plan to do that on Thursday? Yeah, okay. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 10. When you have eaten and are satisfied, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out. Say, brought you out. Say that. From the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Who joins me this morning in starting this Thanksgiving holiday by remembering what he has brought you out of? In this passage, Moses is not only reminding us to be grateful for what God has brought us out of, but now he's going to go on to speak of what God has led you through. It's a look at where you were and where you are today where God has established you today. And can we just agree this morning, Bethesda, that we are truly grateful for what he has brought us out of and what he has led us through. Amen? The choir just sang that for us. Moses reminds us of the need for the revelation of gratitude, for he goes on to say in verse 17, Otherwise, you may say in your heart that my power And the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he 
who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, and it is the, as it is this day. Growing in gratitude is the simple realization that anything, anything that you and I are able to accomplish or even anything that we are able to give to God is only returning that which he first has given to us. I'm sure he won't remember it, but when Shaler, our son, was a little boy, the only place he ever wanted to eat was at the Golden Arches. So one day, I remember we were, we, he and I swung through McDonald's where he got a burger and what looked to me like a barrel of French fries. And so we go on through and I'm driving the car and I made the mistake of reaching over and grabbing one of those French fries. And of course, what do you think he did? As any child would say, he went, mine! Any kid does that, right? And if I'm honest with you, when he did that, something rose up within me that I remember to this day. And when he, I wanted to go, mine? Excuse me? Did you say mine? I, your daddy, I am the provider of the French fries. Don't forget that you're breathing because of me. You're eating French fries with straight teeth because of the braces I put in your mouth. Your baseball equipment in the back of this car is because of me. Those clothes on your back are because of me. The car we're in, I am the master provider of French the fries. Whatever French fry I ask you to give me is one that I have already given to you. So church, are you drawing the parallel with me this morning? Whatever we can offer to God is only that which he has already provided for us because he is Jehovah Jireh. So why is this dynamic of gratitude versus ingratitude so important? Well, it's because very few things hurt us as much as ingratitude does. Let me just kind of run this down for you. Ingratitude is a poison in our lives. It makes us unpleasant to be around. It makes us selfish and self-centered. Ingratitude keeps us perpetually unsatisfied. It makes us critical and bitter. Ingratitude blinds us to the good in our lives. It blinds us to the precious in our lives. It blinds us to our church, our faith, our family. It blinds us even to the people that love us. Ingratitude can lead to debt because you're never satisfied. Ingratitude can lead to exhaustion and burnout. It can lead to adultery because you become blinded to the treasure that you already have and blinded to the vows that you took before God. It is exhausting. It's demoralizing. And it's discouraging to be with someone who is ungrateful because everything you do for them is never enough. Who knows what I'm talking about? Ungratefulness will rob you of your joy, it will rob you of your prayer life, it will rob you of your praise, it will rob you of your impact on people. Can I get an amen to that this morning? As Jesus was preparing for the cross, he gave us an incredible expression of gratitude, knowing full well what lied before him. He says in Matthew chapter 26, he said this, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread 
And after a blessing, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and when he had given thanks, say given thanks. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. Now, when we see this word thanks here in the Greek, in the New Testament, it's that Greek word eucharistos. Some might say eucharistos, eucharistos. It obviously is the, the, where we get the word Eucharist. Many of you are familiar with that term, which simply means giving thanks. Eucharistos is the Greek, giving thanks. And that is why we come so often to the table of the Lord, for we are saying we will live our lives with a deep, deep abiding sense of Eucharistos, a deep sense of giving thanks to God for what he, remembering what God has done for us. And then when the Apostle Paul has a prophetic view of the last days, the last generation, he gives in 2 Timothy 19 signs of end time decay, where he says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. And that Greek word is ekarastas, non, a, non-grateful, ekarastas. If eukarastas is the spirit of thanksgiving, ekarastas is the spirit of being unthankful. And it is a choice that you and I make every day of our lives. So the question of the Spirit and the Word of God to each of us this, this day, and that this season we call Thanksgiving, not only this season but every day of our lives, what spirit is emanating from us? What spirit is emanating from you and me? Out of the abundance of your heart, what is coming out of your mouth? Are you a person of eukarastas or are you a person of eukarastas? We cannot escape it. Every one of us communicates or imparts one of these, one or the other, because every one of us is contagious with one of them or the other. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hate to tell you, but I'm contagious. Go ahead and tell them that right now. That is the revelation of gratitude. The revelation of gratitude. Now, being grateful is not necessarily natural, doesn't come naturally to us. Have you noticed that when your children are little, you have to teach them how to be grateful? It's just not in our nature. It's something that God has to build in us and our parents have to beat in us somehow. If you don't believe me, just, just look at your kids. Many of the children of this fellowship have discovered that one of my desk drawers in my office is what we've designated as the candy drawer. Uh, it's only available to kids, not to adults. I need to be sure. It's a candy drawer, and I typically have it filled with lots of chocolate. And on Sundays, and then most days at the end of school here, Monday through Friday, several of them, certainly the pastor's kids, uh, come by, and they will find their way into my office, and it's kind of cute to see them sort of faking like they want to say hi to me or they're interested in talking to me. And they do it in all kinds of creative ways, and you know, they'll say something, but I know why they're there. You know, certainly the pastor's kids are frequent to stop by the office, and other kids will come in, and I always show them the candy drawer, 
and they come and their eyes light up and then they will make their selection and if it's their first time, particularly the mom is with them, their mother will say to them, now what do you say to the nice pastor? And one little boy said, more chocolate please. She finally got him to say thank you, but she had to beat it into him a few times. Gratitude does not come naturally to us. It just doesn't. In fact, quite to the contrary, most of us have this, um, most of us have this amazing gift to see the faults in other people. Have you noticed that? How many of you possess this incredible gift? You just have this uncanny instinct for it. You, you just have this incredible ability to see what's wrong. And, and to see what's out of place and to see what's frustrating and, and what's not right. And, and you just know how it should be different. It's not natural for us to be grateful. It's more natural for us to be critical. But let me just kind of help you today, remind you that when you walked out of, of your house this morning, did you notice you had a roof over your head? And I want to ask you, did you drink clean water this morning? then can I tell you, you are rich? I have personally been to more than 40 countries of this world. Let me just tell you, we are the wealthy ones. We are the rich of this world. If you have a roof over your head, if you're drinking clean water, you probably have a car, you have access to education, you are living in the great state of Texas in the city of Fort Worth, your heart ought to cry out this morning, my God, I thank you for all that you've done for me. Let me tell you what I've learned. It is not happy people who are grateful. It is grateful people who are happy. Come on, say that with me. It is not. That's why Jesus taught not only the revelation of gratitude, but then there's the rarity to gratitude whereby we must return and respond. Luke chapter 17 is where I take you. You know this story. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going... As they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, one of them turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten that were cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? And he said to him, stand up and go, for your faith has made you well. Now you know how this is. In that day, the time, in that day and time, leprosy was a fatal disease where you died a slow, painful, and torturous death. You would lose your limbs. You would lose your sight. You'd go blind. And as soon as you were diagnosed, you were taken away from the family. You were, you were set apart. You were put in isolation. You were taken out of society, living in the outskirts of town with no, no human touch. 
And Jesus, when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And it is an amazing picture of the Christian faith that as they responded to the word of the Lord and walked and acted in belief in what Jesus had promised, they were healed as they went. I'm going to let that settle in to whoever needs to hear that this morning. Because the same is true for you and me as we go into this Thanksgiving weekend. Lord, I need to walk in faith and walk believing that that which you have promised, that which you have said, you will fulfill. Go show yourselves to the priests, he said. For it was only the priest who had the right to uh, release them back into society. And I can only imagine the shouting and the great rejoicing when they discovered that they were healed. But it's in this story where we certainly see the rarity of gratitude. Because how many of them returned to give thanks? Only one of them. Return with a loud voice. The Bible tells us, we just read it, he fell on his face before God and he gave thanks. And this is where this message meets the intersection of gratitude versus ingratitude. And this is where we understand the importance and the necessity of a return. The other nine were healed, but they did not return to give him praise. On this Thanksgiving weekend, I'm encouraging all of us to return to give thanks to God. Don't just keep going on your way when God provides a blessing for you. When God does something, it's time at that moment to recognize it came from his hand and return to give God thanks. Is there a witness to that today? But also return in gratitude to the people who have helped you get to the place where you are today, your husband, your wife, your children, your co-workers. And let me just say this to the young people here. You may not feel like it, but young people, you need to give thanks to your parents. And all the parents in the house said, that's the best amen we've had all morning. So, And Jesus said, were there not ten? Where are the other, where are the other nine? And in this story, we read not only of the return, but we also, but also of the response. Now, for years, I've read this story like you have, and I've always thought poorly about the other nine. Well, that was, you know, that was really awful of them. Why couldn't they be grateful like the one guy was? And some people might want to excuse them and say, well, they got busy with other things. They, you know, they became preoccupied with whatever the next thing was, and some might excuse them that way, but... I think it's a little deeper than that. I think if we would have found those other nine guys and we would have said, hey, aren't you one of the guys who was healed of leprosy? Yes. Aren't you healed? Yes. Well, aren't you grateful? I believe they would have looked at us and said, yes, I am. But this is where the importance where we see the importance of the return and the response because the pivot of gratitude or ingratitude is a relational determinant. The pivot of gratitude or ingratitude is a relational determinant. It will have great impact upon the flow of your relationship because this clearly says to us, hear me, unexpressed gratitude is perceived as ingratitude. I'll wait till that gets to the balcony. Unexpressed gratitude 
is is perceived as or felt as or seen as ingratitude. That's why we, like, like many of you, did our best to teach our children when someone gave them something, write a thank you immediately right away. As soon as you possibly can, get that thank you to them because your lack of expressing gratitude will be perceived as what? Ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude can even be perceived as a sense of rejection or, or that you feel entitled. And here's the truth about all of us. God created us as acceptance magnets. You and I are magnets for acceptance. We gravitate to environments and relationships that make us feel accepted and affirmed and make us feel appreciated. And we are repelled by atmospheres and relationships of ingratitude. And Jesus teaches us this morning that we need to return and come back and respond and say it out loud. Use your words, open your mouth and say it and express your genuine gratitude. I remember telling our kids as they would come through the teen years that one of the ways we'll be, in, be able to identify when maturity is starting to take its place and starting to emerge in them, that first little green sprout of maturity will be when they learn how to genuinely say thank you. When your child comes to you, and it's, it's not because you've solicited it from them, not because you forced it out of them, but something in them lets the look in their eye, the tone of their voice, lets you know they're speaking from their heart. Mom, I... Thank you for that. Dad, I really, I thank you. When you want to see the first sign of maturity, let me tell you how it was expressed at our house. That first little green shoot of maturity was when they knew how to say thank you. So there's the return and response. But lastly, there's the renewing and the release. And this is the meat of this sermon that I want to be sure you get. If you've not heard anything else, please hear this. Because this is where I want to present to you three levels of gratitude. Three levels of gratitude. The first level is what I'm going to call the for the gratitude. Say for the. That's the first level, what I call the for the gratitude. I'm grateful for the blessing. And in so, it's thanking God for his provision. It's the first level of gratitude. Then there's a second level, what I'm calling the even though gratitude. Say it. That's the second level. Even though this is happening in my life, even though there's a lot that's turned upside down, I'm expressing gratitude because I'm thanking God for his presence. He's still there with me. That's the second level of gratitude. And the third level of gratitude, which requires an even even deeper level of faith and trust, is what I'm going to call, but I know gratitude. Say it. Everything seems to be a mess, but I know who God is, and I am grateful for His perfect plan and His perfect person in my life. I can at least stand and say that. That's the first level for the gratitude. Let me talk about that here. I would compare that to what, since we're going into Thanksgiving, what I call the kitty table. How many of you in your homes at Thanksgiving had an adult table and a kitty table? Raise your hand. I hated the kitty table. To me, it was the table of injustice. You didn't get the same bread. You certainly didn't get the same dessert. A lot of things were missing. 
I just felt gypped all the time. All the actions seemed to be taking place at the big table, the adult table. And if you happen to be, God forbid, the oldest one at the kiddie table, everybody else at your table seemed to be the most obnoxious, overbearing, immature person you've ever seen in your life. And you couldn't get wait, wait to get away from them. They were probably throwing things at you. How many know what I'm talking about? The kiddie table. So moving from the kiddie table to the adult table, that's the basic for the gratitude. God, thank you that I am no longer at the kiddie table. I've been able to move to the adult table. It's literally saying that I'm thanking God for the because I know that every good thing, every blessing that I have comes from the Lord. Listen, Bethesda, there is no self-made man. There is no self-made woman. There's only a God-made man and a God-made woman. And so that's why, God, I thank you for the. Come on, put your hands together and bless them for that. I've noticed something, that God is oftentimes more patient with us than the power company. The power company gives you every month an opportunity to express your gratitude. It's called a bill, and you need to pay it. And if you don't express your gratitude, you'll get something that says, in default, and the lights and the heat and all the electricity will be cut off. And I believe that far too many of us today are in default in our gratitude toward the Lord because we have not sufficiently expressed our for the gratitude, for the blessings, for his provision in my life, which is why since we are lacking in that area, there's, there's, we have power lacking in us. That's why there's joy lacking in us. That's why the spirit of life can be lacking in us. And so I don't know about you, but today I lift my voice to say, my God, restore unto me the strength to say, for the things you have done in my life, I give you praise. The second level of gratitude goes a little deeper. I will not allow the things I want or the things I need to blind me to the things I have. I will not allow the things I want or the things I think I need to blind me to the things that I have. There's this incredible little verse, first part of Ecclesiastes Chapter 6, verse 9, that says this. I just discovered this yesterday. What the eyes see is better than what the soul desires. What the eyes see is better than what the soul desires. Gratitude transforms what we have into enough. I, I don't think you heard me. Gratitude transforms what we have already into enough. Ingratitude turns the abundant blessings of God that we have into never enough. Church, we don't need more accumulation. What we need is more acknowledgement of the blessing of God in our lives. Because this morning, we left our heated homes, we got into our heated cars, heated seats and all, hallelujah, as we walk back into our homes this afternoon, we will head to sometime this afternoon to a full refrigerator and we will open the door and we will say, there's nothing here to eat. And then we will sit in front of a 60-inch plasma television 
complete with hundreds of channels on your cable, and we will say, there's nothing good on TV. And then men and women, women, mostly women, will go to their closet. Do I get a witness this morning? With 1,300 outfits in it. And they will stand there and they will say, I have nothing to. This sermon's preaching itself, I'm telling you folks. Sweetheart, I'm not directing that toward you. No. Don't, you don't get equal time this morning. Some other time. No, no, no. No, just settle down. Sit down. I don't like the car I drive. Yes, but you have a car. I don't like the house we're living in, but you have a house. I don't like that my stomach isn't flat. Yes, but you know what? I have a full stomach, and I'm going to be grateful for what I have. How about you? Second level is that I am thankful even though. What does Psalm 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even though, what? What's the rest of it? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? The second level of gratitude, even though, gives us the promise of his presence. Even though, and you prepare a table before me, and it's not the kitty table, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and guess what I've noticed? My cup is running over. And let's just be real about this this morning. The psalmist David who wrote this, he knew what pain was. He knew betrayal. He knew what it was to suffer because of what others had done to him. And he knew what it was to suffer the consequences of his own mistakes and his own mess. And he said, yes, he walked through those valleys, but he walked with a deeper level of gratitude that says, even though, even though I am still grateful for your presence, your promises, your faithfulness in my life. At the first level, you thank God for what you see that you have. The second level, you thank God for that which you do not yet see, but you still thank God for the, his provision, even though his presence. And the third and the last level of releasing gratitude is, but I know gratitude. Paul said this to the Philippians. Some that preach Christ do so from envy and strife plotting to add more afflictions to my chains. But I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. But I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ according to my earnest expectation so that Christ will be magnified in me and through me. The prisons in Rome were not pleasant by any stretch. Here's Paul suffocating during the day and freezing at night. And the Romans liked to torture their prisoners not only physically but psychologically so that they would be sure the prisoners knew that they were at death's door every day. And I've read that these underground maritime prisons, got, when they got too full, what they would do is they would open up the sewage of the city 
and the dirty water would come in, drown them, and then wash them out. And that's how Paul expected to die. So he was being attacked. His work was being attacked. And there was, there he is in this awful condition, in this horrible situation. And he says, but I know. But I know. I know that God is higher. I know that he sees further than I see. And I know this about my God, that he is good and only good. And I know this, that his ways are perfect and only perfect. I have seen him take the worst of tragedies. I, but I know. I've seen him take the worst of tragedies and turn them into testimonies. I've seen God take the worst in me and do a work in me that turned out to be for his glory. Is there a witness to that today in this house? I may not know and I don't know all of the answers, but I know that I can trust him. And for that, I am truly thankful. Filled with the spirit of Eucharistus. As I close, I would like to give you an assignment for this Thanksgiving Sunday. I'm going to ask you to go home today and either in person, by letter, by email, I don't care, one-on-one with your wife, your children, your parents. I just want you to stop and say, I thank God for you. I thank God for you. And I thank you for, and then you fill in the blank. And I'm just praying for all of us that the spirit of Eucharistos will come upon us. Oh God, I trust you and I thank you. I trust you for the, the provision. Lord, I thank you, even though for your presence. And oh God, I thank you that my gratitude today is at the third level. But I know, I know that your plan is perfect. It's all I've got to stand on today, that your plan is perfect. Your purpose in my life is without flaw. It is perfect. It is above every other purpose or plan that I could ever come up with. And I stand in the strength of that today. But I know And for that, I'm grateful for my God. So that just like the psalmist this morning, you and I can say, yes, we went through the waters. Yes, we went through the floods. And we went through fire. And they almost overcame us. But we came out. He brought us through. And when we came out, we came out with abundance. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we say, oh God, I will return and I will give you praise for the... I will give you praise even though because you have set a table of your presence and your promises every day before me. And I will give you praise because I know who you are and I know that you are the resurrection and the life. And I can say that in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together. And I want you to take the next 30 seconds and give him the best oh thanksgiving ovation you've got to give him. Come on, everyone standing. Put your hands together. Lift your voice. Shout your hallelujah. Shout your praise. Give him your best, your highest praise, your highest praise.